0: If you've been waiting for a sign, this is your sign. Stop procrastinating on it. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. I'm excited to have you here today at our show. We're all about helping you in the pursuit of your best body, mind, spirit, and life. Thanks for being here. Hey, before we get started on today's show, I want to share with you something that you may not be familiar with, and that's the Mindset Mastery Movement. Not that long ago, I started the Mindset Mastery Movement. And what it is, is it's a group coaching program that brings like-minded individuals, primarily entrepreneurs, professionals, executives, together to really go into a deeper dive on the concepts that help you create your ideal life. And for many of you listening, you might be working on your business. How do I grow that? How do I grow my income to new levels, my financial life, my wealth? It could be working on your body and your health, as I am right now, too. It could be relationships. Ultimately, what I learned a long time ago was that anything and everything you've ever wanted is available to you and it comes to you and through you by understanding some natural laws and universal laws and how to work with your mind and the universe around you. So we do a deep dive on that. We do Q&A once a month, group coaching. We do a live training for 90 minutes. And right now the doors are closed for it, but I want to give you an opportunity to get on the wait list to be the very first to know when we open the doors for new members. So if you like the sounds of that, go to www.benspangle.com forward slash MMM and get yourself on the wait list, or you can click the link below in the show notes. Welcome back. I'm excited to have you for today's episode. This is something I've been meaning to record for a while. It's been on my mind. It's a concept and philosophy that dramatically impacted my life and completely changed the way that I look at my career, my business life, and financial life. And for many of you, it may be something you're mildly familiar with. Some of you may be quite familiar with. And others of you, it may be brand new information. No matter which one it is, I think it's a concept that is so important to understand. And that is a concept of the cash flow quadrants. Years ago, 16 years ago to be exact, <clears throat> actually, matter of fact, today as I'm recording this is October 17th, so literally, literally 16 years ago began my entrepreneurial journey. But I read a book years ago, somewhere around that time, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I've, I've referenced it many times. I'm sure you know you might have even read it yourself or at least heard of it. Uh, there's a secondary book to that. There's many in the series, though. There's a secondary book that came along, and I got a copy here, called The Cash Flow Quadrant. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the story of it. The Cash Flow Quadrant is a more detailed uh, dive into this by both Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter. I actually had Sharon on the show uh, earlier last year. So the Cash Flow Quadrant is one of these things that when I began to understand it, it began to shift the way that I really used to think about business and money. I grew up probably like many of you where i grew up in a family that the advice to become successful was you know go to school get a good job make sure it's got good pension and benefits and if you do that then you will be successful well you know i know if you're listening to this that that falls short for virtually everybody you know many people went to school maybe you did too you went to school you got a good job they might have even had pension and benefits yet it's not giving you the life that you want Or you followed the advice of others where they said, hey, this is the path you should follow. Maybe you followed that path and it didn't lead you where you wanted to be. So from a business perspective, the concept we're going to talk about today, I think, is one of the most important ideas to understand if you're interested in more time freedom and financial freedom. And odds are, you know, if you're listening to this show, that's one of the things you're interested in having more of in your life, both time and financial freedom. So what I'm going to dive into today is a breakdown, the way I interpret and explain the cash flow quadrants. And if this is a new concept to you, maybe you've been living in the first quadrant, the employee quadrant, your whole life, and these other ones might be a bit foreign to you. I think you're really going to love today. And I think you might be inspired to consider, how do I begin to move beyond that one quadrant? So those of you that are watching the video here, I'm going to share my screen with you uh, so that you can see it. And those of you who are listening, that's fine, too. you'll be able to hear me do it. No problem. So the cash flow quadrant represents, you know, four different quadrants. We have E for employee, we have S for self-employed, we have the B quadrant for the business owner, and we have the I quadrant for the investor. So these make up the four quadrants. What I learned was that where you decide to make your income from is largely going to determine the kind of lifestyle that you get to lead. So I will start with you on the very first quadrant, the E for employee quadrant. At the end of the day, no matter what kind of employee job we have here, what we're ultimately doing, the way we're making money in the employee quadrant is we're trading time for money. Or in other words, we're trading dollars for hours. So what does that look like? Well, you might have a job where perhaps you get an hourly wage, right? When I worked in the trades and construction, I was paid hourly. So I traded time for money. You know, if I worked for eight hours, they paid whatever they paid me per hour at the time, I was an apprentice and so maybe it was 20 bucks an hour, I don't even remember. Um, but they're gonna pay you per hour. And if you work on salary, you may not be getting paid per hour, but you're still getting paid time for money. There's an expectation that you are going to work, you know, a certain amount of hours a week and then collect your salary at the end of it. So whether we're on a hourly wage, or on salary, we're always trading time for money. And it's not necessarily bad. It's just challenging if your goal is more time, freedom, and financial freedom. Why is this the case? Well, typically in a scenario like that, if I'm working hourly, the only way to make more money is work more hours or get another job where I'm working more hours. If I'm working salary, sometimes, and maybe you've experienced this, sometimes you can be working way more hours, but you're not getting paid for those extra hours now because the salary is the salary. Your workload's increased, but your income or salary has not. So we're trading time for money. And again, if you love your job, it's perfect, it's everything you ever wanted, Well, fine, stay doing it. For most, I find that's not the case. The majority of employees are disengaged. They're unhappy. They're not doing the work that they want to. The studies on it are amazing. It's amazing how many people are doing what they don't want to be doing. And it's because we've been taught, you know, well, it's safe, it's secure, et cetera, and at the same time too, you know, as much as you might think it's safe and secure, I mean, how many people have been let go from a safe and secure job due to the economy, due to cutbacks, due to whatever? So these are some of the challenges. One is I'm trading time for money. And because I'm trading time for money, the only way to make more money is put in more time, which takes away from time freedom. Number two, in the employee quadrant, the employees are taxed the most. The highest taxes you'll ever pay is as an employee our financial system in North America, both Canada and the U S probably other parts of the world too, but those are the ones I'm more familiar with. is structured to favor self-employed and business owners. It's just how it is. When you're an employee, you have little to no tax write-offs. All, all of your income is fully taxable. And so you're taxed at whatever your income bracket is. So we pay the most in taxes when we're employees and then the third challenge in this employee quadrant is that we always have somebody else in control of our position. They can obviously they hire us but they could also fire us. They can demote us, they can promote us. You know, it's always within somebody else's hands in more than an employee quadrant. So, if your goal is more freedom, this is not the quadrant to stay in very long. Some people what they'll begin to do is they say okay, well I'm done being an employee. That was me, right? You know, I was in my early 20s, and I got an opportunity to start in the next quadrant, self-employed. I started as an insurance agent, and uh, my goal was to build a business, but it started me self-employed by me and me alone. And self-employed people, I mean, there's so many different things we could do self-employed, especially today with the internet. I mean, it's more prevalent than ever before. Self-employed might be someone like a real estate agent, insurance, like what I was doing when I first started, uh, a mortgage broker, an accountant, a doctor, a doctor. Uh, a lawyer, contractors in various trades and professions, uh, maybe a a coach, something like that, a speaker. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do as a self-employed person. And, you know, when I first read the book, self-employed is almost talked about in a way that it's, you know, kind of less than ideal when you're self-employed. And and in the book, the reason why it talks about that is that when you're self-employed, it's you and you alone, right? You are the business. So, you know, if you're not working, then you're not making money. And on the left-hand side of our quadrants here, both the employee quadrant and the self-employed quadrant, all of our income primarily is what we would call active income. It requires us to be active in order to make it. The major difference in a lot of self-employment, not all, but a lot of self-employment is we go from trading time for money to we can begin to train ideas for money. And we still need to put the time in. A realtor doesn't necessarily make an hourly wage, right? They make commission, you know, in the mortgage business, they make commission, uh, doctors and accountants, lawyers, etc. They're often paid per hour, they're often paid a much higher rate per hour, but they're billing out per hour. So we're still kind of in that time to money, trading time for money position. But there is some self employed stuff, typically sales type roles that can be commissioned. Now, you still have to put the time in to make that It gives you an opportunity, though, if you become good at it, you're in a good industry and you become good at it, is you can make a lot of money. And that's one of the upsides of self-employment is often there's potential to make significantly more money than in the employee world. So that's one major benefit to self-employment. Another major benefit to self-employment, this could be consultants, by the way, forgot to mention that. So whatever industry you're in, if you're a professional right now, there's probably people in your industry that consult for companies and organizations to do that and get paid very handsomely. They get paid a lot of money to do it. The other benefit to self-employment is the tax benefits. You have significant tax write-offs the minute you start working for yourself. Whether, you know, in at least in Canada where I live, whether you're incorporated or not, you still have access to many different tax benefits, even as what we would call a sole proprietor self-employed. And many of the things that you're already paying for in your life now become a tax write-off. So as I expand on self-employment, if you're listening right now and you have a job and you do not have some kind of business on the side, I think that one of the smartest moves you will ever make is to get started in some kind of business on the side. That might be maybe a passion project for you. It could be a direct sales organization, maybe like a multi-level company. It could be consulting for you it could be i don't know maybe you get your real estate license insurance license mortgage i mean something like that on the side that allows you to have some kind of side business not a not a side job not another part-time job but a side business once you have a business of any kind you now have access to way more tax deductions and tax write-offs than you ever will in the employee quadrant this could be the equivalent possibly maybe it saves you thousands of dollars a year in tax. Depending on your income level, maybe it saves you tens of thousands. I don't know, right? Everybody's situation is different. And it's good to have an accountant that can help you with that. self employment's great for that. It's phenomenal. If you want to work on your own time, you want to set your own hours, um, this is a great way to do it. Now, within self-employment, you know some people within self-employment, one of the downsides is they buy themselves another job. You know, as an example, um, not to discourage you if this is your dreams, I never want to discourage someone from their dream. If if we were to go buy a restaurant and run the restaurant, often what happens, though, is that in the beginning, at least you owning the restaurant, you're there seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day. You're there when it's opening. You're there when it's closing. You're working all the time. You're doing everything. So for a lot of people, what happens is some franchises are like that, too, is they end up, you know, unfortunately, they end up starting themselves a, a job. Uh, Other self-employment creates a lot more freedom, you know, where, again, where you're typically where you're working on commission, it's not based on an hourly rate, uh, but now you have the ability to work around your own time. And as long as you're content with the income level you're making, then that provides a lot of freedom. The downside to that freedom is that if you're not used to handling it, like I wasn't, when I first started, I left my job and I thought, okay, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a business owner, I'm going to be, you know, work for myself and, (laughs) And I didn't work a lot, you know, in the early days of my business, I I was putting a lot of time away from my house, but I wasn't necessarily putting the hours in the work into the hours, I should say. And what ended up happening was I didn't make a lot of money. And so I had, quote unquote, time freedom. um, But man, I was I was not doing well. So you got to learn to discipline your time. But that's self-employment. The next quadrant, if we move over to the top right, is the business owner quadrant. And the, the best way to describe the difference between perhaps being self-employed and a business owner, uh, more self-employed still requires you, you're heavily dependent on you for your income. When we get to the business owner quadrant, we have a business that can run with or without us and keep generating us income. This is how we begin to get in what we would call residual and passive income. So the business owner quadrant is not necessarily dependent anymore on you being present in order to make income. So how do we go and do that? Well, there's many businesses that can. If I go back to the restaurant example, many restaurants, the owner is the one doing all of it, but there's others that make it big and they open multiple locations and they become the business owner. They're no longer cooking the food. They're no longer setting the schedule. They're no longer you know serving the tables or whatever instead they've hired and trained enough people the restaurant can work without them if i use the example of real estate typically more self-employed would be a realtor someone that sells homes right an agent they make commission but then there's a real estate broker someone that owns a brokerage or agency and they might have 10 realtors 20 50 100 or more realtors that all work out of that brokerage and either a those realtors are paying them a monthly rate to be a part of it, or B, they're sharing part of the commission, or C, a combination of both those things. And now that real estate brokerage owner is able to make money whether they are selling homes or not. You know, in the insurance business, which I grew up and still a part of it, that's exactly how it worked for me too. I started by myself and then worked my way into building an agency. Another business model would be the online business model. You know, you may have a product or service that you create, and maybe you get it up on Amazon, you get it up on a website, Shopify, something like this that you're selling, and that product or service is able to sell whether you're actively there or not. It takes work in the beginning, but once it's there and it's now selling and generating consistent income, well, now, hey, we've got a business income. We've got a business income, right, in the online course world. And uh, I mean, there's so many different things. I could go on and on and on and on. But the business owner quadrant is all about having a business that can run with or without you. Obviously, that takes time. You know, you don't just start day one, start this company, and then boom, it's running without me. There's an initial loading speed that it takes, if you will, liftoff speed to get that thing up and running. And it doesn't always mean that you're necessarily not involved at all. Sometimes that may be true. But maybe you're involved significantly less. You know, maybe you go from a 50-60 hour week for some when they start their business or longer to now all of a sudden, maybe it's only five or 10 hours a week for you to run that business to some people where they don't need to be involved day to day at all. And it keeps cash flowing them money. So to me, again, when we think about starting a business, the dream for most is how do I begin to build a business that can run with or without me? And the two things that are required, the two things that are required for you to build this business with or without you, are one of two things. And usually both. Number one is a system. There must be a system in place that the business knows how to run with or without you. And number two is other people. Other people. And you begin to hire and train or recruit and train a team of people that can run the various aspects of the business. You're providing opportunity for them in different ways, you know, creating income for them in different ways. And, you know, the benefit for them is they receive that opportunity and that income and they get to be a part of this company you're building. The benefit for you is that as you build the company and the business is eventually, for doing it right, less and less is required of you. And you have more and more both time freedom. And if our business is growing, it's making sales it's profitable financial freedom. Again, we're getting into more passive and residual income. The last category is an investor, the eye for investor. And investors, to me, this is what I would call for most people, we would describe it as financial freedom. So to me, it's where you're at a place in your life where you have so much money saved and invested for you that you never need to worry about working for money in any capacity because your money is doing all the work for you. There are many different ways that we can invest. You may have traditional investments like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, indexes, et cetera. You might have real estate investments. You might be a silent partner in different businesses. Um, you know, I mean, we could go on and on and on. Cryptocurrency, maybe something like that. I mean, there's, there's so many different streams of investment income that you could have. Investment income truly is though, it's, it's the most hands-off income. Unless you're something like a day trader, you know, where you, you're on there a few hours a day and you're day trading, I mean, that's pretty active still. But a traditional passive investment requires, again, less and less time of you. Some of these investments, if you own your own individual rental property, and maybe you're the one managing and you're the one dealing with the tenants, et cetera, and we've done that too, by the way, um, you know, that's still pretty hands off, but there's an element that's hands on, right? There's an element of it. Uh, Other investments, you know, if you're invested in maybe a typical kind of mutual fund stock, et cetera it's pretty hands-off. Unless you're you know, day trading that stock, it's pretty hands-off where you invest in it, you kind of set it and forget it and allow that thing to grow. And that's working for you even though you're not actively working on it. And when we have enough investment income, when our investment income exceeds our expenses, so we're making more money off our investments than what it costs us to live, now we have financial freedom. You no longer have to work for money. So I believe this is an incredible goal to aspire to. An incredible place to go and reach is where you've got enough residual and passive income coming in that you're no longer having to work for money. What a great place to be. You know, now all of a sudden, you have way more choices in your life because you have true time freedom because you have financial freedom. You don't have to wake up and go to work. You can choose how you want to spend your day. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I hope, as I went through those four quadrants with you, that that helps you understand a little bit of what's the difference between them, and I'd, you know, really get you to think about where are you right now, where are you right now in those quadrants, and where would you like to be. And if you're not where you want to be in those quadrants, the question is, what could you do? How could you get started moving towards the direction you want to be? I'll give you a couple of ideas. If you're not investing right now, find someone that can help you with investing. That's a great way to do it. You know, in the insurance and investment business, I did that, I've done that for 16 years and we've helped thousands of families. So I, I know that model works well. If you've, maybe you've got a mentor in that, someone you know that's done really well and you like the idea of trading as an example and you have someone you know that's done well, maybe they're willing to teach you or maybe you invest in a course to learn about that if that's something of interest. If it's the business quadrant, if you're a fully employee right now, you have no side business, no anything, what kind of business would you like to start? What kind of business would you like to get involved with? And if you have no idea, do a bit of research. You know, I'm a big fan. If, you've, if you don't know where you're going to start, I think some of the best businesses you'll ever join are direct sales, multi-level, that style of business because they're going to teach you skills. You're going to get knowledge. You're going to get community. You're going to get personal growth. You're going to have opportunity for residual income and passive income. And the capital to get started is usually, for most, very minimal. Now, some people are negative about it. They're kind of cynical and skeptical of it. And and to be honest, usually those people are kind of broke people, right? They're not open to opportunity. Now, I'm not saying you have to start in those businesses. There's many you could start. Like I said, maybe it's getting self-employed real estate. That's a passion of yours, an interest. Maybe it's consulting in your current field. Maybe you'll do a bit of, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's so many options for you to start. But the point is, is if you're not where you want to be, is get started in something. You know, this is... If you've been waiting for a sign, this is your sign. Stop procrastinating on it. Pick a step that you're gonna take and move in that direction. What's the next step that you can take to move towards where you want to be? I hope you enjoyed today. This is a concept that definitely changed my life. And I know that as you begin to move towards the quadrant you wanna be in and take those steps, it can also change yours too. Do me a favor, share this episode with someone that needs to hear it. Right? Maybe they're stuck, they're unhappy in their job, they're unhappy in their self-employed, maybe they're consumed by everything they're doing, and maybe they don't know a better way. Share this episode with them. If you want to do a deeper dive, you know, get a copy of their book, The Flow Quadrant. And they recommend many of the things we talked about today. It's just a deeper dive than what I'm spending with you here but this will help you. So share this episode. If you're new to the show, make sure to follow and subscribe. So every week I drop a new episode. So get access to that. And as always, I love hearing from you. Connect with me on Instagram at Ben Spangle. I hope you enjoyed today and I look forward to seeing you soon.